I'm Ken Smith, and this is Faces to Places, where we talk about all things Americana and proudly sponsored by the Chisholm Lake Store Restaurant, where the taste of Americana lives. This week, I rode to Pall Mall, Tennessee, just five short miles down mountain from my home in Jamestown. And it was there in the Wolf River Valley that I attended the 30th annual Alvin C. York Memorial Shoot right on the grounds where the movie Sergeant York was filmed. And it was there in the Wolf River Valley that I attended the 30th annual Alvin C. York Memorial Shoot right on the actual grounds where the movie Sergeant York was filmed. The Memorial Shoot is intended to be a reenactment of the muzzleloader shooting competitions held and attended by Sergeant York himself. So come join me, Rainside, as I have a great conversation with Mr. Alan Kuhn, who is one of the original founders, and Mr. Bill Burt, winner of the very first Alvin C. York Memorial Shoot. So pull up a chair and kick your feet up. I hope you enjoy it. Season 3, Episode 4, The 30th, Alvin C. York Memorial Shoot. Today I'm down in Pall Mall, Tennessee, at the Alvin C. York Memorial Shoot, and I'm sitting here with Alan Kuhn and Bill Burt. They're going to tell us all about this, uh, what's going on down here today, and how I got started, and just some history, because this is the first time I've ever been here, so I know nothing, and I'm going to let these guys tell us about it. Well, I'll start off. We had had a small over log shooting match there at my farm in Rush County, Indiana. And later that evening, it come up that I'd been reading a lot about shooting matches down in here and stuff, all I could find. Back then, couldn't find much. And... Uh, we was sitting around in my shop, socializing a little bit, and Mel Hackler was there, and he said he was getting ready to move from Indiana State University back down to his hometown at Jamestown, Tennessee, and uh, I made the comment to him. I knew that some fellas that I had known back years and years ago used to shoot at Jamestown. Jimtown, they called it then. Jimtown, yeah. They used to shoot at Jimtown, and they, I said, Mel, why don't you check around and see if we can put a shooting match together down in that area? And by he did. And we had a Bill and Mel, Ron Boron. I don't think he's with us today, is he? No. And Jim Franks. They all done. They did all the legwork. All I did was have the. I, I, I spawned the idea. So you were the brain, the brainchild of the. Yeah, I, yeah, the I was the brainchild. <laughs> there you go. So what year was that? Whenever y'all got it started? Well, well, this is the thirtieth year that they've had it 30th here. Thirtieth year, okay. Took about a year and a half to organize it and get it here. So it would have been about ninety-one when we were around the campfire talking about how we were going to beat the boys down in Brazoria County, Texas. 
<laughs> that's what we set our sights on. And you had said, we need some common ground. And you was thinking about a place over in Oklahoma. That'd be about halfway for each of us. And then Hankless stood up and says, well, why don't we go down to Alvin York's place? And that blew us out of the water. And it took about a year and a half to get that organized and going. And the next 30 years, here we are. We had a fellow that Mel, who is a, he's kind of a genius when it comes to doing, getting people to do something. Mm -hmm. Well, he, he come and introduced himself to Alvin York's son, Andrew, who was a park ranger here. And he sold him on the idea that we could have a shooting match down here where his, where his dad had did. So did, did they have a shooting match right here on this same yes. property? This is it. This is it. My goodness. And uh, the movie was shot over there. Okay. Down the road a piece. But this is where they held shots. All right. And, and just hold on just a second. So the movie, tell us about the movie since you mentioned that. Because... Uh, a lot of listeners don't even really know what we're talking about yet. We're talking was, about Alvin C. York. and was Gary Cooper starring in uh, Sergeant York. And I want to say 1942. 42. I think. Okay. Uh, it was a success. It was a wonderful movie. And uh, it helped show the world Alvin York. Yeah. And it's still, you can still get it uh, on Netflix or oh, sure. some of those places, oh, yeah. YouTube yeah. and all you that. Bet. You can still watch it. You bet. An old black and white movie. It's great. I suggest everybody to see that movie because it's wonderful. <laughs> yes, it sure is. They show it on TV once in a while. Yeah. yeah I've seen it on TV. Well, we, so, put the, we put the word out that this shooting match was going to be held. And they never dreamed there'd be 200 shooters show up. <laughs> If, if I may, please, huh? 1993, we had 86 competitors, and I think from 21 different states showed up. The weather was inclement. It wasn't very a good shooting day, but my eyes liked it, and I didn't shoot very well. <laughs> but I shot better than everybody else, and I won the first Alvin so, York shoot. Oh, wow. So we Man, we're we're this is great. We got the very first winner. I've been here for all first, thirty. Really, every year. I've been here for thirty years. I got, have you won any? Have you won any more since? <laughs> well, <laughs> the second year, yeah. I slid a little bit down the down the path, and I think the thirteenth or the third year, I fell to sixteenth place, and then the rest of the time. I've picked up an occasional country ham. Okay, so that so that's the prizes. Yeah, that's that, there. There are uh, country hams awarded to the best X of the mat of each match. Okay, there's ten of so, them. Yeah, there's ten of them. Okay, so that uh, that's what I settled into. We haven't even talked about so what kind of so we're shooting rifles, but it's not modern rifles. Because see, people people don't really realize yet what the match is, is about. Can you explain that? What calibers and they're they're muzzle loading 
mountain style guns. Round ball. Round ball only. Um, I'd say between 45 and 50 caliber is the preferred size of caliber to, to, to use. Mm. There are smaller ones and there are bigger ones. But um, a good performer is probably 45 to 50 caliber. That's black powder only. Heavy barreled guns. Uh, probably, what, 14, 14, maybe 16 pound guns. Preferred. They use shaders to keep the sun off the sights. Uh, it is shot from the prone position. And the barrel of the gun is rested over a uh, a rest. It can be a chunk of wood, can be a, a stump to, su- to, to support the gun. Now, the targets are 60 yards down, uh, down range. And we're shooting at a white X. It's about the, about the size of a, of a knife cut. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, you can't see that at 60 yards. Right. So you overlay your target with a colorful piece of paper that you're eyes and your gun sights can focus on and see at 60 yards. You mark your, you fire three practice shots, two or three practice shots on your spotter and then you post your X target behind that one hole (laughs) and shoot through the same hole all day. Okay. Or similar facsimile thereof. Now you think that's the way Alvin York did it or he just... I I believe, help me with this Alan, I believe they shot, in the movie at least, they shot at a V target. Like a a black background with a white V on it Mm. and the closest to the crux of the V one without touching, without cutting the white V. You get as close down as you can They didn't have any printed targets. They what? was all shooting off off a charred board. Yeah. yeah. And you would take your knife and cut an X on that charred board and shoot your two shots, three shots, whatever. Okay. And try to come as close to that X as you can. But when you go to So the the way this works is you get ten shots. Is that right? Yeah. And it, every everybody on on the line shoots one, and then they call it clear, and everybody goes down and gets their targets. Pull and post. Okay. They so they Pull get their target. One you just shot and post a new one. Okay. And then come back and do it again. Okay. So that's a total of ten times. And then do they measure how far from the target? From the how, how are you judged? Here, the way we score it from the center of the X to the center of the ball and measure the distance from the center to the center and then at the end of the 10 shots the shortest string measurement wins the wins the game okay all right now you know I don't know a lot about anything but I know just a little bit about a lot of stuff to get me in trouble so that so measuring from the center of that ball Folks, it's, it's really windy out here today. We had tornadoes nearby last night, so you have to bear with us on the wind. We're sitting out in the middle of the field. I'm sitting right on the side. 
with these gentlemen on right on the side of the, the, the range here where they're going to be shooting. They may shoot here in a minute. You might hear them. Uh, but by measuring to the center of that ball, to the X, it doesn't matter if you're shooting a, a 50 caliber, a larger ball, as opposed to a smaller one because you're measuring to the center. Center, center. Yeah, otherwise somebody yeah. might be shooting a cannon down through there. <laughs> some of the guys have tried. There's, yeah. there's been some guns down here in, in excess of 60 pounds, and 62 caliber. And Do you know how much weight that is times 10? 60 yards twice? Yeah. Twi- no, no, it's ridiculous. Yeah. It, so, and yeah, like I said, so I've heard of chunk guns my whole life. Is that what this is? Is yes. that what they're? You know, That's how, what they're called. Now, how do, how do they get a name of uh, of a chunk gun? Because you rest the muzzle of the gun on a chunk of wood or whatever. All right, and I've noticed they're they're really long. What's the what's the length of these rifles? I mean, I have owned a gun with a forty a fifty four inch tube, a fifty four inch barrel. Uh, my my gun that I have now and have had since nineteen eighty four. Um, it has a 49 or 50. I think it's, I think it's, I think it's a 50-inch barrel. I think it's 50. And the only reason they shoot the 45s or 50s is on account of a day like today, the wind, they have, they have more resistance to the wind. Okay, so would a heavier bullet to cut through the wind be better or a lighter one that's... A heavier bullet. You need a, a day like today when the wind's blowing, gusting. You need a forty-five or fifty caliber barrel. Okay. Ball. All right. Now a friend of ours who won this match six times, which is unheard of. Never be done again. Well, how did he do that? How was he able to win six times? He was a master shooter and a master uh, barrel maker. Barrel maker. He made his own barrels. And he told me the last day that he won the, won this match, he only shot when the wind was up. He didn't shoot when it was died back down like a lot of people. He shot when the wind was up. Why was that? That's where he is posting his target, and that's where he knew it was going to go. Okay. So he had to wait for the wind to get him there. Okay, because that's where that's where he set it up to begin with. Yep. Was it was when the and, wind was blowing. And, this old boy, I carried him for, we run together for a good long time. I'd bring him down here. Um, to get himself pumped up before the match, like the night before the match, yeah. he'd read a chapter or two out of White Feather's sniper book. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, Paul was the best. Yeah. He was the best. He was a genius when you come right down to it. Let me just tell you, I'll share this with you. No names. He had somebody really close to him the last year he won it. And, I mean, they were duking it out. And Paul had a spotter scope stood up, and he was watching this other guy shoot. And he said, be careful, the wind has changed. And honest to God, he was trying to help this man. Mm-hmm. And the man thought he was... <laughs> like a, maybe yeah. maybe trying to whatever trying to mess with so his he, head he ignored him yeah and put one about a half inch out and Paul said well I tried he went up laid down 
and put one right through the X and won the match. Oh, wow. Well, okay, yeah, uh, I want to come back to that. Um, but I, y'all mentioned something a while ago about, is it Paul the one that made his own barrels? So what does that have to do with it? Why, why would that... Why would that improve him the accuracy? Well, maybe it gave him self-confidence or maybe his barrels were the best. Mm-hmm. But every barrel maker will tell you the same thing. My, my barrel's the best. My mm-hmm. barrel's the best. Sure. <laughs> so the, on, a, on a black powder rifle, do they have the spiraling on the inside of the barrel like, oh, yes, sir. like, like modern rifles do? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and everybody's got their own tri- twist rate that they prefer um, that that's the that's the turn in help me Alan a foot one in 56 no it's one turn in 56 inches yeah okay I lean towards that one I huh? like one in 56 but the, a lot of the factory made barrels are one in 66. And a lot of the custom builds, I think, are like one in seventy-two. They're almost straight. Hey, experiment, play around, with whatever your gun like. You know, maybe your dog likes printing the dog shell. His <laughs> likes old Roy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah there you yeah. go. Yeah. But well, something else you you mentioned a while ago. You said uh, so. Whenever they, whenever you shoot, you come back. Is there somebody measuring your your uh, your score on the like say the first shoot? No. I mean, it, they keep a run in total so that you get to the, your last shot and you're like, man, I got to nail this one, or I'm not going to win. Like a lot of the guys carry a little piece of paper with mm-hmm. them, and they do the best they can downrange to mark the 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 length of, of their of their shot. Right. But that's a rough measurement, so yeah. they'll have a kind of a ballpark idea. Of how they're doing. Okay. But but it's not official yet. No, the, the, okay. that's all taken care of in the scoring booth. Okay. So and then we have we have kids that collect the targets uh, and and run them back to the scoring targets. Okay. Or to the scoring bench. All right. Can you cut him loose now? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can I go? Yeah. All right. We got to say bye to Bill because he's got to go get the prizes. Got to go. Thank you very go much. To, go to Kentucky and is that where Here it is? We go. Get and get the meat prizes. Thank Thank you for sitting down and talking to us. Yes, sir. All thank right. You. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Most everybody knows what Americana looks and sounds like, but if you don't know what Americana tastes like, then you need to head on down to the Chisholm Lake Store Restaurant. Chisholm Lake Store Restaurant is located near the small town of Ripley, Tennessee, in the Mississippi River bottomlands, just down the bluff and past Cuckaburr Slough, right in the middle of the Chickasaw National Wildlife Refuge. Chisholm Lake Store is a family-owned and operated American restaurant with a family-friendly atmosphere that only serves locally sourced, fresh-cut, certified Angus beef, pork, and chicken. If a great-tasting steak is what you're looking for, I'd suggest the flame-kissed ribeye and baked potato, or maybe even the perfectly seasoned thick-cut pork chop or the chicken Monterey. All cooked over an open flame, and man, I gotta tell you that the crab legs and the shrimp seared on the grill, well, they'll have you coming back for more. The Chisholm Lake store also has food for the little ones, so load up everybody and bring the whole family. For 
score hours, directions, and all the information you'll need, look them up on Facebook at Chisholm Lake Store Restaurant, where most come for the food and some come for the atmosphere, but they all come for the taste of real Americana. Chisholm Lake, where the taste of Americana lives. There's a certain mystique, I think, about being here. Benz was Alvin York's home, and him being the most decorated soldier in World War One. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about because we hadn't really talked about. Uh, I mean, I know about Alvin C. York, but uh, there's probably people that don't know about him. Could oh you, yeah. Could, could you tell us about him, like the history of Alvin C. York, and you know, because he's what this shoot is all about. Well, what I was told, been told, and I used to socialize with some of his family and I live up in central Indiana mm-hmm. and uh, somehow when see York's grandsons used to come there to our place to shoot with us but Alvin York was a conscientious objector World War One. World War One, and he said he wasn't going and somehow I don't remember just the particulars, but he needed to talk to the Lord and see, you know, what he did. And he went to a place up here in these hills, over in here, it's called the Yellow Doors. Yeah, I know where Yellow Doors is. I've seen that before. He stayed up in there for several days and fasted and prayed. And when he came out, he said, I'm going to go. So Yellow Doors, we, you're talking about up on these bluffs. There's bluffs all around here, up in the hills. I don't know. To. I've been a, a couple of the Yorks have died that I used to pal around a little bit with. And they was going to take me on up there to the Yellow Doors, yeah. but I never got to go. Well, I've, I've just seen it on a map, but I know it's real close right here, but it's the top of one of these. Right up in them hills right yeah. there somewhere. Yeah. And... Folks, I have uh, I have plenty of pictures. You can look and show you some rifles and the surroundings here and the hills, the hills that uh, that Alan's talking about. So just look on Facebook and Instagram, and you'll see pictures. So he so he decided to go to the war after he'd been up there, Yellow Door, yep. and he prayed and changed his mind. Yeah, and. Became a fierce warrior. I never got to meet him. I always wished I had him. Now he would. What kind of medal did he win? Did that, was he awarded? Well, I don't. I think it's a medal of honor. Yeah. Isn't that the highest? Yeah. Award. And then he got the same award from the people in France. That is their highest award. Yeah. Okay, they're starting to starting to shoot again here, so it may get a little bit noisy, but it's part of it. Uh, it's part of it. Yep. I missed the first one. I was already committed to do another thing, and I couldn't come. Outside of that, I've been to all of them. Mm-hmm. I never was a real good shot because I wouldn't practice, and I got a I got four hundred acres. 
that I could get out and practice and do a little shooting, but you won't do it. Yeah. You know, it, it takes. But anyway, I never did win any of these big prestigious matches. You were just the one to come up with the idea. Well, was well really windy. We've had a. We go to a shoot at Xenia, Ohio. We had one at Phoenix, and uh, they shoot several. There's about three over the log matches that are shot at Friendship, Indiana, at the National Muzzle Loading Rifle Association. They've uh, been people, there's people that won it, we you know, won them from yeah. all over. And I give a watch. To the person who came the farthest to this shoot. I don't know where that dog's at, or they may have arrested him. <laughs> yeah, they're starting to shoot now. Get a little noisy. I'm going to give the fellow, there's a fellow here from the United Kingdom. And I'm going to give him this watch. Oh, man, that's a nice watch. Made in 1894. It's an Elgin, size 18. Well, that's going to be enough. Does he know yet that he's going to get it? Huh? Does he know that he's going to get the get the watch yet? I don't know. I reckon he does. <laughs> it's no big secret. Okay. <laughs> uh, we've had. Uh, I don't. I guess he's the farthest one we've ever had. And where do you get a watch made in 1894? Buy it out of an estate. The fellow that I got this watch from, I was going to, over the years, I've always bought a pocket watch to give away. Mm. They're new. They were electric. And I talked to the man who owns the jewelry store in Xenia, Ohio. And he and his wife were shooting here this morning. And I called him, I said something about a watch. He said, let me see what I can come up with. So he did, he come up with this. And he has it on the back, I had him to engrave it on the back. Okay. Wow, having to see your 30th anniversary 23 donated by Alan and Julia Kuhn. How about that? Just plain old food. <laughs> that's a nice, that's nice right there. Well, how many things do you know that's a hundred years old and still runs every day? I don't know of any. <laughs> <laughs> Not many. Not many at all. Well, that's very nice. That's very nice you to do that. Well... I don't know how long I've been giving them away. I give a lot of money away, I know that. <laughs> That's all right, it's just money, and they got, that old boy's gonna have something pretty nice to take back to the United Kingdom. I'm sure he would, sure, his grandkids will probably get that well, they one, might. one day. They might. So, do you know how many people shooting here today? Oh, probably 150. 150 participants? beautiful day. Mr. Alan Coon, thank you for sitting down and talking with me today well, about, about this uh, 30th annual, annual It was shoot. my pleasure to, to promote uh, 
and that's what I've been, I guess, mostly, is a promoter. I maintain, I maintain a range on, on my farm there behind my house, and uh, we'll have a shoot to next week. Okay. Well, well, Mr. Coon, thank you once again okay. for sitting down and talking to me, and uh, I look forward to seeing you here next year. All right. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe to us on social media and leave a raving review on your favorite podcast app. Also, like us on Facebook and Instagram where you can see pictures and videos of each episode. And as always, thanks for listening.